Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast, and I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocio, and I just want to say Deadspin was a good website. With me, as always, is my former KSK cohort, Sam Grezin. Yeah, uh, Deadspin was a good website. Deadspin forever, Gawker forever, Splinter forever. Fuck hey. Hulk Hogan, fuck private equity. Yep. This is going to be an angry episode. Um. Yeah, yeah. So if y'all haven't heard, um, and you likely have, because I feel like most because of the, not all it was our big. It, it felt like a really big deal. If you read, it was a trending topic on Twitter online at all. Like this, you caught wind of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I, that's the thing is if you're if you're one of our listeners, you probably are at least vaguely aware of of Deadspin, and if not that, you know Gizmodo Media. Um. So we're gonna pretty much spend this whole time talking about Deadspin and Kissing Susie Colbert because uh, without Deadspin, you wouldn't have this podcast in a very, in very a, real in way. In a very, in a very extremely long roundabout way, Deadspin is the reason the draw play exists. Deadspin is the reason any of this exists because it, it really was a landmark and I really don't think that all the people who are happy that it's gone realize just how important it was to the sports blogosphere to sports writing to sports journalism online in general mm-hmm. to I'm give to give you a basic through line as yeah. to how we exist basically deadspin started in what 2005 uh, i think it was 2003 i i looked it up the other day i think it was 2003 it was it was early to mid 2000s yeah and it it was just a, a shit posting sports blog. Um, that allowed comments. The comment section became kind of like a thing where people were always trying to be really funny there. Uh, a bunch of the funniest people there broke off and started their own dumb, stupid site where they could do basically whatever the hell they wanted without advertisements, without anything. And that was Kissing Susie Colbert. That was people like yes. Drew McGarry, uh Bobby Big Wheel, Unsilent Majority, all all the like super early KSKers that you may have heard of at some point that are kind of scattered about the internet now. They started KSK. KSK eventually, KSK more or less inspired me and my entire kind of yep. like sports humor, like that angle, just like. When I was reading about football online, that was the kind of stuff I was reading because it was stupid and fun and it clicked with me. So they were a big influence on the direction I started taking my work years down the road. And I even followed some uh, KSK in-jokes like Sexy Rexy into the draw Mm -hmm. play. And obviously, I eventually started writing for KSK, as did Sam. And Mm -hmm. KSK went belly up. Me and Sam decided to start this podcast soon afterwards so we could like keep in contact and yeah. more or less just continue shit posting about football, but this time with our weird voices. And that's more or less how we're here. Like De- you can you can thank Deadspin. If you like any of my online content, you can thank Deadspin because that that was that was an origin story for it. Yep. I so so not to I mean we'll get into like a probably longer thing of like our history in KSK and and all of that. Um but to give you guys the basic rundown if you don't know the whole story of what happened recently at Deadspin um because it is it's amazing. I feel like there's going to be a movie and it's going to be great uh, and it's this is important shit that's going on. Uh not just at Deadspin, but in journalism as a whole, right? So, uh, flashback to what? Like five, six years ago, uh, back when Gawker was a thing. Uh, they published an article about uh, a sex tape that Hulk Hogan uh, made with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife that was already out and in the public, and they reported on it. Now... Yeah, because because Hulk Hogan was a newsworthy person. Now, Hulk Hogan got pissy about this because he was one cheating on his wife during the during the act of 
of the sex. And two, was heard on camera saying a whole bunch of racial slurs. Um, so. It wasn't he, a good look for Hulk Hogan, let's oh, just no. say that. Oh, no, it wasn't. And that's, and that's why he kind of, like, was dropped off the face of the earth in terms of, like, the WWE for a little bit. Like, they, they like to use him in promotions before that. And now they still do because people have forgotten. Um but uh but that's you know if you were wondering where hulk hogan was like five or six years ago he was kind of in legal (laughs) battles so that happened hulk hogan got pissy he hired lawyers and uh he ended up hooking up with this guy uh peter thiel who is a like venture capitalist big money silicon valley type uh, also a rabid conservative he he sat on um uh trump's like uh, silicon valley board he is known for like doing a whole bunch of horrific uh like almost like techno fascist stuff um and Thiel ended up bankrolling almost single-handedly uh, the legal case against Gawker that Hulk Hogan brought. Um, unfortunately, because uh, Peter Thiel spent so much money on the case and on lawyers uh, and on moving the case so that they could get a friendly jury in Florida, uh, Gawker ended up losing the case and had to file for bankruptcy, which it's the ripple effects are what brought us to today, right? So Gawker and all of the Gawker properties were always really popular. People liked selling ads on them. They were, you know, people were getting readers or they were getting readers, they were getting eyes. Like the ad and sales teams were always happy, right, Um, on Gawker. The issue now was one of the websites has to close or go bankrupt, right? We're in a hole because we owe money because of this court case. Um, so what are we going to do? Uh, the site changed hands, uh, or the the sites changed hands a couple times. First, what happened was Gawker shuttered, um, and that's when the name changed over to Gizmodo Media. Um, and again, this is this is a big family of sites. If you don't know, it includes like Kotaku, Jalopnik, The Roots, uh, Jezebel. And, um, most recently, uh, after it was bought out by, uh, Univision, uh, it merged with the Onion Media Group. So they have the Onion, the AV Club, Clickhole, all that too. All these like super popular and super profitable, uh, Media enterprises all It's a very good roof. network. Yeah, yeah, all under one roof. Yeah, for sure. And it's super varied as well. Like, I know a bunch of people read Jalopnik, don't read anything else on the site, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's a bunch of great stuff. Uh, fast forward to this summer. Um, I think there, there, there was an auction to buy uh, uh, up. No, that was with Gawker. Someone, like, bought the rights to all the archived gawker stuff that's not this but uh anyway earlier this summer uh jim spanfeller as part of great hill uh group great hill media group great hill something um bought gizmodo media bought like the entirety of the website so so he and his ownership group now owns uh all of those websites right he is he is the head honcho um in doing so, unlike what Univision did, unlike what um, uh, what the Onion Media Group did, uh, immediately Jim Spanfeller, who ha- had very little uh, experience with sites like this, he ran Forbes. He 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 worked on a lot of like Forbes was the biggest site he's worked for before. Uh, which is a completely different audience. And also he didn't do a very good job there. If you look at the profitability yeah. numbers um, anyway, so he started making these sweeping changes uh, and installing his like friends uh, in positions of power uh, that were all outside hires. He wouldn't uh, promote anyone from inside uh, the industry. 
um, or inside the uh, the the company Gawker Network, more yeah. or less. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't he wouldn't inspire anyone, and also most of the dudes that he uh, promoted or put into these senior leadership and editorial positions were old white dudes. Uh, one of those old white dudes is named Paul, Paul Maidman. Um, and now we get to today. Uh, this is following a bunch of edicts from Jim and Paul about uh, how no one wants to hear about media criticism, right? You, no one wants to hear... And that, that's part of why Splinter was shuttered. No, Like, they were saying that no one reads, even though they do, like, they there are hard numbers that contradict all of these things bottom Uh, line is either these these people either wanted to pretend other reasons to shut down the politics because the politics are politics that they don't like yeah which is what i think is probably closer to the truth because splinter went down or they're legitimately completely stupid and think that they don't people don't come to the sites for politics exactly so, so that was what happened, what, like two weeks ago? They shuttered uh, Splinter. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the reason they gave was because of traffic and, and how people don't really care about, don't really come to Splinter for politics. Um, this was, mind you, in an election year, right? Um, so the argument really doesn't hold water to me none of the none of the numbers hold water like every every time they've come out with a statement saying the people are coming here for certain things for certain websites the data is not on their side the facts are not on their side they've said this in the stick to sports edict that came down to deadspin they were basically saying like try stay away from all non-sports stories relate it back to sports it has to be related to sports mm-hmm. people don't come here to read non-sports stories you because the view counts are literally public on the site yeah you could t- yes everyone literally everyone could immediately fact check that statement and was like uh no a lot of deadspin's stupid goofy non or serious political stuff that isn't related to sports is some of the most popular shit on the site and mm-hmm. it is. I love reading that stuff. I don't always want to read just like another post making fun of the bears. I won't, Sometimes I want to read what they have to say on politics because a lot of times those articles are a little bit more rare, which means they're usually a little bit better thought out and a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what happened. I think it was this past Monday, right? Uh, an email from Paul was made public that was like, hey, Deadspin, stick to sports, pretty much. Uh, And Paul and Jim uh, have since been framing this as a very broad edict for the site, right? And on on its face, that seems correct if you don't know what Deadspin is about, right? It's it's a kind of thing where, like, they could have written uh, articles about Trump getting booed at the Nationals game, right? Because it is related to sports. And, you know, on the surface, that seems relatively reasonable but that's not what deadspin is and that's not and why it's what deadspin's deadspin audience... has never been deadspin yes. has never been that which yeah. is why everyone who saw this result was just like no like yeah. these no. people either don't know what they bought or they know what they bought and they're trying to quietly change it because there's mm-hmm. things on there that they don't politically agree with right right so after that happened, uh, and, and keep in mind, uh, there is a Gizmodo Media Union that guarantees editorial independence for all of these sites. So that email was not legal, strictly speaking. Nope. It, 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 it violated the, the contract of the writers. Um, Barry, the editor-in-chief, or the uh, acting editor-in-chief, the previous editor-in-chief resigned pretty much because she was being harassed by Jim and Paul uh, because she wanted to do a story on how shitty the hiring process was. Anyway, Barry, uh, in what I thought was a very hilarious and very funny uh, and very powerful uh, little act of... uh, rebellion uh on tuesday all of the 
uh, stories on the front page of Deadspin were non-sports related at all. There was one about, like, the Westminster Dog Show. There was one about, like, uh, Classic Rock, Ranked. There was I, the I one about the, uh, there was one of the annual things that they do at the end of the year. We're just like, hey, what did we get stuck up our butts this year? Where oh, they yeah! Run down, like, medical reports of things that have been found in people's butts during that year. Yeah, it's one of the best traditions Deadspin had. Yeah, along with like the the Hater's Guide to the Williams Sonoma catalog, another thing that is not at all sports related. And again, like if you don't read Deadspin, all of this is going to sound weird to you. But uh, but take it like take my word for it, and take the word of Twitter for it. That's like if you take that out of Deadspin, Deadspin loses a lot of its identity. That if, it, that is Deadspin's entire identity. Without that, it's just another content sports blog yeah it's, with good writers right that's it that's it um so barry barry did that as kind of like a fuck you to uh to upper management right uh and was immediately and summarily fired for doing it in again a breach of contract uh fast forward to wednesday and thursday there was a mass exodus of all Deadspin employees, every literally single, all of them, every, every single, single writer, Deadspin employee, quit. Yep, it was it was a it was just a march. It's just like, hey, this one went down. Um, Drew McGarry, Drew McGarry was one of the later holdouts. Yeah, he was uh, one of the later holdouts. holdouts. I, I think a lot of people way. were wondering when he was going to quit because I feel like he was he was the rock on whether or not Deadspin would at all continue Could. or would yeah. immediately done because a lot of the people yep. who immediately quit like. Pacheski was fired. Um, like Tom, Tom Lay, Lay quit. Yeah. Tom Lay quit. Uh, Berlenko, I think. Oh uh, yeah, Albert Albert Berneko, Al- uh, Diana Berneko. Moskovitz. Like Di- like like several great people quit. But Drew McGarry literally has like his own section of yeah, Deadspin yeah, like and has basically been the personality. Yeah. Yeah, cult of personality, a cornerstone there. So as soon as he put in his resignation, it's like okay. That's it. After well, him, it was Roth, uh, Samer, and all the other ones. Whatever was left was completely mm-hmm. gone by the end of the second day. Yeah. there's There was literally nothing left. Deadspin yeah. died. Yes. And it was, well, that's the thing, is like, Deadspin, as we know it, died. But the fact that there was this immense solidarity means that, like, in, I think In a lot spirit, of ways, right, it was is, kind of an honorable death. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's an honorable death and I I there is going to be a different kind of rebirth because all these writers are going to get jobs, right? Like we're going to see Drew's writing and we do see Drew's writing in like GQ. I I am confident that Diana is going to get a job doing investigative journalism like for Sports Illustrated or someone. Deadspin has already graduated writers who have changed the face of what sports media and media looks like so i i'm pushing back like deadspin is a website is dead but deadspin can't die because of its impact fast forward to today we're recording this on friday um and this is just kind of the cherry on top right this is the uh the capper uh <laughs> there was this guy uh his name's andy who got hired as a freelancer. I don't know when this happened, right? I don't know when it, when he got hired. If he was Are you talking about the guy who made the first post? Yes. The, His the name is Andy, Alan. I'm actually looking at this post. right now. His name is Alan Goldshire. Uh, Alan, yeah, I'm sorry. Um he was he was the guy that did the first actual post after um the post Exodus, the 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 yeah. graveyard deadspin, the first post True Deadspin, Deadspin post. Immediately, immediately he got ratioed both on Twitter and uh, like on almost Hall site. of Fame levels. I I checked yeah. it within like ten minutes of when he posted his tweet, and it was like eleven likes and six hundred replies. Like this yeah. was yeah, this was it, 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 enormous. And honestly, is, like anyone who had been following the drama knew this was going to happen, right? Because there was. Very little way to come out of that with your dignity intact. And yet... It's true. And, and yet, yet... And yet, and yet... And redemption yet for Alan Goldshire, because he yeah. posted his his blog post, which was generic 
dumb thing about Kevin Durant. Didn't really mean anything. He got immediately called a scab by thousands of people. About an hour later, he's like, I was wrong. I quit. You guys were right. Like, yeah, thank you for steering me the right yell- direction. Yeah. Immediate yeah. redemption Thank you for story. yelling at me on Twitter. He literally was like, as weird as it sounds, I appreciate all the mean comments. It made me take stock, which is like, damn, good job. Best, best we can hope for. And that excites me because it, it shows just like the people up in charge who were clearly trying to patch things over just how, just how much they killed this site. Like Deadspin yeah. might not ever really publish anything again. Like, they yeah. may not get anyone yeah. to write for Deadspin again. Deadspin might legitimately be dead. Not just, not a corpse that right. shambles right. along like the Walking Dead later seasons. It might legitimately end. It might yeah, legitimately it be done. Yeah. Because writing for there was, is a toxic is a toxic plan now because you're just going to get annihilated by everyone on Twitter and everyone who read the site previously. Rightfully, is more or less. Yeah, so, for sure. So, so good for you, Alan Gold. It's it is it it is wild to not see him double down and and you know be like offered a uh like a hefty contract at like Barstool Sports and Breitbart, right? Like it is amazing to see that. You do love to see it. Mm-hmm. You do um, love to see it. Uh, and I want to actually talk about uh Barstool and in generally other sports media. Um for a second without deadspin barstool uh, wouldn't exist barstool wouldn't exist deadspin was the was the canary in the mine of uh a sports like a a a sports media site that was devoted to sports as pop culture other sites have flirted with it sports illustrated used to have like writers that would kind of toy with it but this was before bill simmons was bill simmons right this was Mm -hmm. before grantland existed this was before barstool sports was anything other than like a blog uh deadspin came out hired good writers realized that a lot of times sports fucking sucks yeah right it was it was one of the first sports uh sports media um outlets that didn't just seem like a pr arm it, it wasn't just right. ESPN regurgitating what, like, Adam Schefter's of the world were telling them. It was a blog yeah. that deliberately called out the bullshit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And as well as ranking things that people put in their butts. Like, yeah, there were, it was a it was a great site. Deadspin was a good site. Deadspin, Deadspin was a good website. Hashtag and Deadspin was a good I think website. the thing that bothers me the most about especially Barstool celebrating Deadspin's death was that they're all they all don't realize what they're celebrating. Yes. Because yep. even if you yep. don't like Deadspin, what happened to Deadspin should fucking scare you. It should be because, scary to anyone with a job, not even yeah. just a media job. Anyone with a job. Like but this can happen to Barstool. These Barstool stooly douchebags and Dave Portnoy who is arguably one of the worst people in sports media on mm-hmm. the planet. Are celebrating this there's there's nothing that says that this can't happen to barstool a couple years down the road maybe even sooner because well, here's this the is thing. like if, dead, if if dave portnoy gets his dick in hot water again and does another harassment campaign by someone who has the resources like he feels like a ticking it. time bomb everything he yeah. does there's there's going to be a breaking point with portnoy it's just a matter of when it's going to happen when he's going to uh whatever the like the head of Uber, Travis Kalich, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah. There's going to be a moment where he gets, where he pulls a Travis from Uber and does, and something comes out that he can't bullshit and defend enough from legal troubles, and he'll have to step down. And that's and when Barstool's going to start changing, and either it's uh-huh. going to change in a way that the people who love it don't like, because they're going to start being, you know, more respectful of women and stuff. Or, or it's just, just going boring, to slowly right? They're going to lose their yeah. They're just going to lose their any kind what whatever kind of voice identity even though it's a they shitty had. voice yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a shitty identity, right? It, uh. it, it's we should not be sell even if you didn't like Deadspin, 
you shouldn't be celebrating how this happened. Right. Because this is not good. This does not bode well for anyone. Private equity is a fucking scam. They come in, they buy these things, they make a quick profit and dismantle it basically to give themselves more money. And then it doesn't even matter. What's most depressing about all of this is Jim Spanfeller or whatever his fucking name is, he's getting ribbed and shat on and everything. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But he's still going to come out of this richer than everyone and he's not going to care. And it fucking sucks. See, my, my, and maybe this is because I'm, um, an optimist. An optimist, yeah. But my thing is that, like, people are going to look, like, people are going to look at this and not want to work with him. You know, I, I like at the very least, this is going to at least be talented people on, shouldn't want to yeah, work with them. Yeah. And, and this is also going to be his legacy. The thing about private equity is you don't want to know those names. Right. And, and the people who are in those firms would rather be these invisible like things that just come in, take your money and leave. Yep. People will know Jim Spanfeller's name and Paul Maidman's name from now on. And it's going to be... They're going to be the people that killed Deadspin. And potentially the rest of Gawker. Yeah, we'll see. There's like... So here, there there are things happening now, and it's so fucking awesome to see. Like, literally right now, uh, in New York, I don't know if they're in Times Square, but they were in a park in New York, uh, handing out uh, Gizmodo Media Group union cards um, to, like, tell people about what's happening. Because the issue here... Okay, so well, it sucks that Deadspin is um, is closed, right? It, it sucks that Deadspin is dead, and we are here to, to mourn that. The bigger issue here is, one, uh, private equity, right? Could happen to any of us, not just if you work in media, right? That yeah. Anyone can buy your company and start That's what happened to Toys R Us. Toys yeah, R Us yeah. got bought out by a private equity firm and they essentially dismantled it for their own bonuses. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Th- this this canon does happen all the fucking time and not just in media. The media-specific thing here is that at, at its heart, this all started because the writers at Deadspin and at Splinter and at Gawker wanted editorial independence. And three times, people with a lot of money pushed back against that, right? Um, If you are cheering that Deadspin is dead, fine, right? You you didn't have to to like like Deadspin. It wasn't everybody's cup of tea. You you didn't have to like Deadspin. But I feel like you have to respect Deadspin. You got to realize that Deadspin was an important part of of free media right like my my thing is is that when you look at sites and and honestly a lot of them are on the on the right but there were a couple on the left too like uh this is the reason that think progress got shuttered right is because their uh their editors and writers wanted editorial freedom and the folks at like the super PAC that uh financed think progress didn't want that so they cut it off and now it's a content farm um this the same thing goes with sites like the daily wire and breitbart they're all getting money from these places that tailor their coverage this is not a this is not a a conspiracy theory thing this is like a real thing this is uh the the shit that uh uh, Splinter and I think Deadspin were writing about Sinclair Media Group, right? Yeah. Uh, that buys all these local um, uh, news stations and and forces them to like read uh, like conservative talking points. It's and like again, it shouldn't matter what what like what your beliefs are, even if your beliefs are bad. You should want like. You should be worried about controlling like this. Yeah, like, yeah. You should worry about how people being able to buy journalism. That's not cool, and and not like it's control over what you hear, and that should worry press, you. Right, and yeah. on every side, that should worry you. 
You exactly. do not want the news and reporting that you're hearing basically being guarded by a company that's basically more or less out for profit or their own means. Uh-huh. That should worry you. If you don't yeah. like a website, you don't have to read it. Like, that's the thing. Right. Like, if you didn't like Deadspin, you didn't have to read Deadspin. I don't like Barstool. I don't read Barstool. But, like, as much as I hate Dave Portnoy and want him gone, like, it would be kind of shitty to have Barstool have this happen, too. Because that also means yep. they've been taken over. They like That's the thing. They yeah. have an identity. Like, I kind of respect the identity that they've managed to build, even if I yeah. think it's a shitty identity. Yeah, this shitty frat boy identity. It's it, and like as long as no one's getting hurt, like fine. I, my thing is, if if the shoe were on the other foot, I don't think Deadspin writers would be cheering the death of Barstool, right? I think that Deadspin writers would be like, "Hey, well, it's cool for us. that Dave Portnoy is sad now. Yeah, please keep in mind why this happened. Exactly, exactly." Like that's that's the I think that is the key difference here is that is that the people who are at Deadspin and Deadspin fans, precisely because they do all this coverage of other media sources, they hold uh, like Sports Illustrated and ESPN to a higher standard. Um, so so their audience this, kind of isn't knows this how also this happening to Sports Illustrated right now too? Actually, yeah, yeah, Didn't a little. Sports bit. Illustrated they, they just get sold. Or yep. something else, yeah, like yep. massive layoffs. There's a pretty good chance that Sports Illustrated is going to be dead. One of the things we should respect around the way Deadspin went out is that it didn't go out the way that Sports Illustrated is likely going out, which is yeah. a slow decay over time where the quality sucks and the good people slowly trickle out and they're not replaced with anything of quality. And then eventually, all of a sudden, you're like, why am I still going to this site? It happened with right. Cracked. It's happening yeah. with SA. It happens to a lot of websites that especially have a voice. They get bought and they either kind of like pass their peak and they just slowly decay as like the most talented people go on to do other things. And, and the, here's the thing is that to a one, this always happens at profitable websites, right? This happens on at websites that there is largely very little problems with in terms of them being profitable they might not be as profitable as, as maybe they like, could be yeah but that's not but it doesn't matter right because all these people see or they see profitable we can get more profit out of it and if we can't it's worthless even if and it's they, still making money because these people don't realize that the reason it's profitable is because they make their own identity their own product that stands out and the instant you start putting like autoplay video ads all over the goddamn site that annoy literally everyone, ugh. and and you lose the contract. By the way, this is a little bit of inside baseball, but there was a big farmers insurance contract that uh, that uh, Gizmodo Media Group got primarily because Paul Maidman and Jim Spanfeller lied about uh, their viewership numbers. Um, and the reason the autoplay ads started happening was because Jim and Paul wanted to artificially inflate views. When Farmers Insurance saw this, they pulled out because what the fuck, mm-hmm. right? If you went which, to the site is... anytime in like the past week, you knew exactly what I'm talking about when we talk about the Farmers autoplay ads, which are incredibly annoying. If you have like multiple tabs open, all of a sudden you're hearing jk simmons and you're like wait what what yeah. what's going on like it, autoplay video ads are the worst thing in the world and i refuse uh-huh. to go to any site that employs them yeah it's oh my god fuck that should we go over our our own personal history with ksk because i, I think, think so yeah for a lot of uh, like this was terrible for a lot of people because a lot of people love deadspin i think this hit home for us a little bit harder than it may have hit for a lot of people. Yeah. Because this was what happened to Deadspin kind of happened to us in a at sim- KSK yeah, in, a way, in, a, in yeah. like a smaller, smaller scale version. So if you don't know the history of kissing Susie Colbert, essentially, like I said, it was started by a bunch of Deadspin commenters who wanted to basically do whatever the fuck they wanted. They started like their own little WordPress dumb blog 
It got popular. Uh, they it Uproxx noticed. Uproxx bought it, and it was great for KSK because now all these writers who are doing these stupid, dumb, idiot blogs like Rex Grossman throwing it deep downfield now they could actually get paid for it. Now they could get paid to write this dumb thing. And Uproxx when they very little, by it, the way, just just to say, not much money. Like, not, not a lot of money. Not a lot. Not a lot of money. But hey, it was still it was still some money, and that's better than nothing. It's kind of an air of legitimacy. And in the beginning, I think Uprox was kind of following the Gawker model, where they were basically buying up all these creative little blogs that had yeah. their own identity, and they were basically yeah, they got just with sitting too, there, right? letting them. It, they all had them in the Uprox network, but it was it was very much. Just the separated little containers, a lot like Gawker, where you had Jezebel and Kotaku and Deadspin. You could go to any one of the sections of Uproxx, which, like, football was, like, KSK. And then you also had, like, some of, like, the film version or the wrestling yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. They it had, was great. I can't remember. But, yeah, it was, it was really cool for a then, little bit there. Then that's when upper management decided they wanted to make more money. And that was around when BuzzFeed yeah. was starting to really... Like BuzzFeed was dominating at that. And point, this was I also think. the pivot to video. This was like around that time as well. Yeah, basically, they wanted they wanted more. They wanted they started selling more ads, and I think I don't know too much about Mike's interactions with the head Uproxx team. For what, he really Mike protected us Chris, from them a lot. And he Christmas was, Ape I, was like, a hero. Honestly, when I was when I was working for KSK, K, uh, Mike Christmas Ape, uh, Mike Tunison, follow him on Twitter. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He he was he was our editor. He was our only source of information on what was happening at Uproxx. Mm-hmm. And he, you could tell he was getting slowly more and more pissed off about everything. Right. It was he and it started to bleed over into ours and it started to bleed over with we've gone over it in a lot of early episodes, but you might as well tell the story again. The stupid Bud Light bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bud Gazi. Um, yeah, sure. So so the the short version of this, right, is I I just wanted to write an article and I was feeling very silly and it was around my birthday and I was annoyed by those up for whatever ads that Bud Light was putting out. So I, I wrote this article about, um, well, no, I, I started tweeting at them for like a couple days being like, sponsor my birthday party, sponsor my birthday party. If you're really up for whatever, you'll sponsor my birthday party. Um, they didn't respond because of course they didn't. And I, uh, wrote, a blog about it pretty much calling them uh boring piss baby liar frauds or clown frauds or something i can't more or less fairly standard ksk fair honestly and also the joke was on me right i i need to make that clear that it wasn't me trashing bud light it was me being very silly and like taking this ad campaign to a logical conclusion i was the butt of this joke i was the one being petty because i was like Oh, all we need is is Josh Groban and all of your Lima Ritas. Like mm-hmm. it was, and I was just being very. It's, I don't know. It was, it was sh- silly. It was a shit post, right? It was. It uh, was ultimately just a shit post. Um, fa- that was up for forty five minutes. It got taken down for like a little bit. Got put back up, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I I'm kind of proud of this because I think it's very funny. And then, um, man, I don't remember exactly how I heard or if there was an email or something on the thread, Um, but Christmas Ape told us that he pretty much had to take the the post down because Uproxx didn't want, if they ever sold ads to Bud Light, I they thought they had want... just gotten Bud Light as a sponsor for the site, See, and that's I don't why they think were so. And they didn't want to rock the boat with this post uh, or something like that. I think that's maybe. what it was. I feel like they had just gotten, yeah. or were in the process of getting a sponsorship for ads for Bud Light, mm-hmm. and it's just like, hey, we can't have that because that's you know money. It was it was kind of like a 
a Jeff Gertzman at Giant Bomb situation. Yeah. Where yep. he got fired because he gave a bad review to a game that was sponsored. Yep. Yep. Uh, and now, now keep in mind, this is like, and this is what Christmas Ape, I think, said to them was like, this is bullshit. You have a video on your main site, like, of John Oliver destroys Bud Light and calls it pee water. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's more offensive than this thing. I never said their beer was bad. Um, anyway, uh, so that happened. And that really, I think, set Mike off um, because the understanding was they like, first of all, we didn't get paid that much money. We did. Uh, now that that's fine. Right? That's fine if this is going to be like a passion project and we're going to have editorial freedom and not like and not really have yeah, a lot of us were there not oversight. necessarily for the money. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say a little bit about that later, but we were there because we wanted to write really stupid shit and it was exciting. Exactly. And we thought that that was understood because like uh, because it was like, yeah, we were kind of in our own little corner. We were never the most popular part of up rocks we were never their main business um so that being said uh mike was pissed because they're trying to have it both ways right if they want us to be um involved and like not write these pieces uh because like it might affect ad buys then why aren't you treating us like a a legitimate part of the site yeah Um, we were getting married. Like one thing uh, we forgot to mention here is we at this pro- in this process we were literally Uprox was sh- restructuring themselves around and they had just started doing this Uprox Sports that's section. Right, that's right. Of their site. That's right. And they were effectively slowly phasing us out. That's what they were doing. Yeah. They were giving a lot of stories to the Uprox Sports section of the site. Because we'd want to write about something, the and then Mike would ones, yeah. be like, apparently they've already assigned it to Uprock Sports, so we can't really do anything unless we take a completely different angle. We were getting phased out. That's yeah. what was happening. We were KSK was getting slowly phased out and diminished. Now, the, the final straw was another kind of shitty post that uh, uh, Trevor Risk and I did, making fun of... Uh, what was it? I can't even remember. It was a super group made up of uh, better than Ezra, less than Jake. And, that was it. Yeah. Uh, God, some some other shitty thousands band. And we just kind of like riffed on it. And, uh, and again, it was just it was kind of funny. We were just like making fun of this bad song they released. And uh, that ended up coming down because one of the site's owners or something's brother was friends with someone in the band and they didn't want to they got they wanted press passes for a festival that they were going to play at this is all real a real thing that happened when that happened uh mike quit Um, mike mike quit we basically it was a dead spin exodus that morning yeah pretty much yeah we all we all wrote our um our goodbye uh posts um and and kind of realized that like because yeah it's like without mike he was the one that was protecting us from you know up rocks in general and none of us really knew how to do what he had done no right it was it was like that the none of us had any contact with up rocks except him so exactly we didn't know what was gonna happen everybody quit except me and i want to i want to speak about that for a little bit Mm -hmm. because this is this is fairly personal and like the the deadspin thing kind of brought up some some sad feelings that's fair i'm the only one at ksk who didn't flip the bird and immediately leave and it was it was because i was probably the only one there who really needed even that meager income right at the time I had a part-time job working like 10 hours a week at the bakery section of a bad grocery store. It was garbage. I was I, I had student loans to pay off. Like I was living with my girlfriend, but I still had to like cover my side of things. 
I was not in a great place when that happened. I was actually at the point where I was going to propose to her pretty soon when all this went down. And I didn't want to oh, give I up. I totally forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Like, I, I was, was in a serious. I needed, time. even that meager piece of income, I needed it. So when everybody flipped the bird, I, I decided to wait because I didn't know what was going to do. I felt like a sellout now, at the time. I still feel like a sellout for it. And if anyone wants to call me a sellout for it, I understand. I decided no, to stick with it because I, I wanted to see what happened. And I really needed to see if they were going to give me income. I figured they were just going to fire me. I figured they yeah, were just going right. to tell me that. And I was going to post something on my own real quick and then do that. Just leave quietly. But then they came back at me, I think desperate, because mm-hmm. they realized mm-hmm. they had just lost all of their football writers. Yeah. And they gave me a very, at the time, surprisingly good monthly contract. I went from getting a meager amount per post to a a large amount per month like a salaried it, job yeah kind of yeah it was like freelance salary it was kind of the job i had wanted and for 24 hours i was going to be basically the new mike i was going to be in charge of ksk i was thinking at the time i'd probably just find some other people uh for anyone on something awful there was some writers that I knew from that site who would have been interested, I could have brought them on. Me being in charge of KSK lasted around 24 hours before they realized, oh, this probably isn't going to work. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, yeah, right. I remember that. They they, they ended up putting you over at Uprock Sports because, like, at that point, KSK didn't really have a reason to exist. KSK right? didn't have a reason to exist. So they, they took me in to Uprock Sports. They're like, hey, we're going to like bring you into the rest of the site. Um, what we want from you is two art posts a month and then just do like 10 normal like blog news coverage posts per month. And honestly, for like three months, I actually had a really great time. That's So my thing here is like, I don't think anyone could blame you for doing something like that i mean i guess people people could right but you are still doing the stuff that you like to do you had editorial freedom like this is where the analogy i think falls apart right because the stuff that we were fighting for um at ksk and the stuff that made us walk out was not really (laughs) editorial independence it was mostly getting our toes fucking stepped on and every at every you know thing and it and it wasn't fun anymore and it wasn't worth the work uh for you however it it became that right and, and that's why like i think it's a, yeah here's the thing so for three months there i got to do the art post i got to meet the rest of the writers on the site through slack and i actually got to communicate with a bunch of other people and see how the rest of the company worked and it was actually okay. Like, it kind of sucked that I didn't have quite the freedom to do incredibly stupid shit at the time. Right. But right. honestly, that's why my own site has always existed. That's why the draw play exists. I have that outlet. I had that outlet. So if I I still had the draw play, I wasn't being censored, really, because if there was something I wanted to do, I could just bring it to my own shit. This, I was now getting paid you know, if I'm going to be a drone and get paid to do some sports stuff, get a little bit of stuff on my resume in terms of a sports writer, you know what? I'll I'll sell a little bit of my soul for that just to get that. And that sat monthly salary allowed me to quit the bakery job, which right. was ca- starting to cause physical problems at that point. And it, there was other reasons why I quit the bakery job. But that was one of the reasons why I could afford to do it. But... After three, like three months, I did, in those first like few months, I actually did a lot of stuff I'm proud of. I the Ryan, If you see the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle picture, that yeah. I made that for Uproxx. I didn't make that for KSK. I made that for yep. my early Uproxx bit. I made uh, the, um, the prediction images that a lot of people still want me to come back to that I just don't have the time for, where I would, I would predict every game that season or that week, and then all the ones I got wrong, I would make a drawing bet, and then I would draw that picture. I was doing that for Uproxx. That was part of the Uproxx season. So I had a ton of fun doing that. I had a ton of... I did the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle. And then 
the beginning of the end was the Trump logos. That was right. That was when God, everything right. turned for me. I did. They were asking me, hey, like I was just doing my normal stuff, doing like the blog post, doing like the art post. Everyone seemed happy with me. The people seemed more than happy to talk to me. Like there was no issues. I made the Trump logos, and it became like one of the most popular page site uh, things that Uproxx had ever had. It was a monster. It's still the most popular thing I've ever done by far. And after that happened, my editor contacted me saying like, well, now we want you to do um, basically you don't have to do any of these other posts. We don't want you to do any of these other written up posting. We want you to do a logo set every month. And that's when the fun completely left because I couldn't do – I was still doing the weekly prediction posts at that point, but that was the only other thing I was doing. They didn't want me to write any dumb shit like Ryan Fitzpatrick. They didn't want me to do anything else. They just wanted me to do these logo sets. And they wanted, and they were basically telling me what logo sets to do. They're like, hey, Game of Thrones uh-huh. is popular right now. You do Game of Thrones. Hey, we're going to set you up with the wrestling editor so that you can do wrestling versions of the logos. Hey, we want you to do NBA versions. It basically, I was not coming up with these ideas organically. And seeing what happened, which was the magic of the logos, because I would do them all super quickly, super rough, because we had a really stupid idea, like, what if they were all penises? I would punch them out really fast, and it was the magic of creativity that birthed those. As soon as they basically were telling me what to do, and I was doing one every month, it stopped being fun. And as soon as the season was over, and I was done with images, and they started making me do all the other stuff. I was pitching them ideas. I only got like one of them to sign off on one that they, they thought was okay. And that was like every team is a Pokemon. And that was the last post I did for the site <laughs> because after, after I got, I fought for like months to get that one up there. I was tired of doing the logos. I stopped. I asked if I could go back to writing blog posts and stop doing the logos. They came back to me after the Pokemon thing and they were like, Hey, we're we're re, we're gonna readjust uh, what we're gonna pay you, and they they basically halved it, and Jesus Christ. and they basically gave me even more restrictions, and I was like, I already feel like a sellout for staying. I'm not gonna stay through this, <laughs> and I quietly yeah. left. So yeah. I there's, I know you're defending me, but this is I I still feel like I sold out for that. And I understand why I did it, and I'm and there's a lot of things I'm proud of, and I I still don't regret like being I still don't regret being able to get paid to do that and getting out of Fred Meyer for a little while. Right. I I do my, wish my here, sometimes that I had just given the middle finger and left. My my thing here is that it, the if you want to take. A through line right and and i don't want to sound like we're putting ksk on the same level as deadspin i don't like because this wasn't our full-time job us us like flipping the bird and walking out whenever we did it didn't have any bearing on our at least for me and i think most of the other folks except for dave uh didn't really have any bearing on our financial security right um just because that's kind of the way it was. Um, Mike and Dave, I think, were the only people who really had... uh, Mike even was a mover. Like, Mike had a day job. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You had a day job. Marcus had a day Uh job as, like, a respectable journalist. Uh, Yeah, that's right. PFT Commenter was taking off at that point, so he was able to easily quit and just work full-time at SB Nation. Right. Um, yeah, so, so like that's, it wasn't really hard for us to do what we did. Um, what I want to, (laughs) what I want to make clear is that the through line here is people taking over a website and not knowing why the website works, right? And actively doing a worse job than someone who just did nothing, you know? My my thing here is that is that Uprox could have made a ton of money if they had just been hands off on kissing Susie Colbert, right? And and still paid me ten dollars an article, right? Like 
they they could have they could have be make they could be making more at the very least more money than they're making now. Uprox um, went to shit so fast. That's true. Yeah, up, that's the thing is the pivot to video killed Uprox. Uprox died. It became an unreadable yep. site. Not only due to yep. video, but just yep. due to the ad breaks. Like some of the most, they basically scrubbed KSK from the site. Which is infuriating. Yeah. It's not even like archived yeah, somewhere. You, can't find you cannot the find old, it. Yeah. A lot of the greatest you stuff we did there the is gone. Archive. And it fucking sucks. Yep. You literally have to go through the internet archive. But even the stuff of, of mine that is still up, which is literally just the most popular things I did, like Trump and some of the other logo sets, they, uh-huh. the site is just covered in cancerous ad breaks. It is obnoxious it's so bad immediately went down the tubes pretty much as soon as they started doing that like video really that yep. that that phase when they tried to become buzzfeed killed them uh-huh i don't know anyone who goes back to uprox i don't know anyone who reads it anymore me either i think thrillist his thrillist i think has taken their whole thing and thrillist has some ads but like their site isn't a labyrinth to navigate right the user experience is okay and I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I write for Thrillist and I enjoy writing for them. But like, I like my thing here is that there are a lot of people that run these websites that see one number, right? And immediately feel like they have to shift. I, this is what happened at Deadspin, right? Is, is Jim and Paul thought they knew better and knew their audience better and knew their website better than the people who had made it. So they were like, okay, no, we can just change this and this and this, and it'll still be good. This is, no, you just do this. It's fine. They didn't take the time to learn about what, like, not only did, not only were they idiots, right? Not only is Jim an idiot who doesn't know what Deadspin was or why it was good, he actively disliked the website, it, it seems like, and didn't care to learn about how to, you know, about what made the site profitable and what made the site attractive for advertisers and and all of that. Instead, instead, he was like, okay, let's fine-tune and tweak here, 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 make these sweeping changes. And in in doing so, ruined everything. The It's a similar thing. What happened when Uprox bought kissing Susie Colbert was like just not like I don't know what it is about these folks that that like buy websites or buy media outlets or buy they do it for the money just they they well, right, see profitability the, and they see money and then they try if you're, to get more out of it because they don't actually care for the what money. the identity of the site they it doesn't matter it's capitalism but that never works. My thing is, even if you are a, a a staunch capitalist, which I'm obviously not, but like even if you are a too, like red blooded to the bones, capitalism, free market, why would you buy a profitable site and then not just let it continue to make you profit the same way it always had, or or if you're making changes, make them very make very small changes and do so with the community and the people who actually make you the money which are the writers and the readers like it's pay attention late to what stage they... capitalism it's the same thing that's happening I, yeah. in the game industry it's just like why can you make yep. some money yep. when you can make all the money like to paraphrase yeah, uh, guess, jim sterling yep. there why would you make some money yep. Yep. when you can make <laughs> all the money and that's what's killing it because but because it never works that way either, because nobody right? always nobody can up. just be content with making a comfortable profit they have to make all the profit and that's and, and it's, that yeah, it's exponential like growth shit, right? kills everything it's attached to because you cannot sustain it for long yeah yep absolutely uh, okay so that was deadspin was a good website deadspin was a good website uh I think we're about even now on scores because you went 12 and 3 and I went 11 and 4. Let's do an extremely fast. uh, I'll just name the game and you pick who's going to win. 
Yeah, let's go. All right. So we already had 49ers Cardinals, and I think we both would have picked the 49ers for that game. Unless yeah, yeah. you stick it to the bit. No, no. I mean, <laughs> the bit's the bit's done. I, I will say, I if I were a 49ers fan, I wouldn't be confident beating the beating the Cardinals by three, but, you know. Hey, they're still 8-0, so. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I was wrong, and as I always am, that's fine. Okay, so Texans-Jaguars. Uh, I think the Jaguars are going to do it. Uh, without J.J. Watt and and Deshaun Watson. Is, is uh, Watson out? Hurt. I don't know. I think he's playing in the game, but I don't think – I think they're rushing him back. Um, I, I still think that the Jaguars are going to do it. I think the Jaguars are going to pull the upset. I think the Texans are going to win. Bears, Eagles. Eagles. Uh, uh, Eagles, yeah. Vikings, Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs. Chiefs. I'm going to go Vikings. Why not? Really? Yeah. All right. All I, right. It, why not? I don't hate it. Colt. I don't hate Colt it. Colt Steelers. So here's the thing, right? Uh, this game is going to be the thing that lets us know if Jacoby Brissett is actually like a decent quarterback because T.Y. Hilton's out. Mm. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Um so I got to pick the Steelers. I I know that like I know that Mason Rudolph is a is a worse quarterback than um uh than Jacoby Brissett, but uh I just like without TY Hilton, I really don't know. I mean, he's just going to be throwing it to Jack Doyle all night. I I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't know what, so I'm just going right? to pick the Colts. Jets okay. Dolphins. Holy shit. Jets. It's gonna. Oh no, no. I'm sorry. It's gonna be the Dolphins. I, I, I. I you know what? I'm I with you. I, I'm picking lose. the Dolphins. They're they're at Sam home. Darnold the is Jets are bad. They're, they're bad. Like it might happen. Redskins. Bills. 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 Titans. Panthers. Panthers. I'm picking uh, Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. Panthers. I mean, Kyle Allen had a really, really bad outing last week. It did, but it was against a better team than the Titans. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Is no way. Yeah, that's Panthers. Lions Raiders. I I mean, I, I saw the line for this game. Why are the Lions not favored? Because I, maybe because they're not at uh, at home. That might be it. Uh, maybe I just like I I think that this should be a fairly. These are like, two teams that are probably game, better than their record, but aren't great. It's very true. Very true. I I think the I think the Lions take it, and I think the Lions take it by more than one score. I agree with you. I think the Lions are going to take it. Bucks, Seahawks, uh, Seahawks, Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. Seahawks plus uh, plus Josh Gordon. Plus Josh now. Gordon. Now, the the Bucks are fucked. Pan- yeah. Packers, Chargers, Packers. Pa- yeah. Oh man, Chargers looking sorry. Chargers are not looking good. Browns, Broncos. This game is going to be unwatchable. <laughs> I'm picking the Browns. I I am. I am also picking the Browns because the Broncos are sabotaging themselves. Yeah, yeah. Who's playing quarterback for the Broncos? I don't, I don't, I don't even Flacco fucking know. Flacco is hurt. Obviously not yeah. Flacco because no. he dared question them. Patriots, Ravens. Finally, yeah, the right. Patriots have to play a real team. Yeah, yeah. This is tough. I mean, I, I hate to I hate to pick against the Patriots because I do that all the time. and The Patriots always win. But, like, this is one I legitimately think that the Ravens – can and should win. I, this is going I, to be the first stupid? true test like, for this vaunted Patriots defense. The offense isn't great. Yeah. The offense isn't really doing yeah. anything, but the defense is legitimately stellar so far, but they haven't faced yes. a great offense yet. The Ravens have that potential. Yeah. This is going to tell us a ton about who the Patriots might actually be instead of the soft schedule right. and ninnies yeah. that they've basically been afforded up to this point. I still think the Patriots are going to win. That's... This is going to be, this is going to be like, this is going to be a, t- uh, a preview of like postseason yeah. Patriots, right? Like the Patriots are going to fucking make the playoffs because they always do. Right. But like, this is going to be, this is going to be, so like if the Patriots stomp the Ravens, what, are, what the fuck is anyone even doing? Yep. Here, right. They're going to win the Super Bowl and like, whatever. Why, why fucking bother? Yeah. But if it's a close game or if the Ravens win... We'll see. Yeah. I'm picking the Ravens. I think the Ravens should do it. Um, they're at home. Their defense isn't 
isn't bad. Their defense is pretty good. Um, their offense is great. And the Patriots haven't yeah, – and their offense is great. Their offense is better than the Patriots' offense by far. Mm-hmm. Giants, Cowboys. Oh, boy. It's going to be the Cowboys. Oh boy. Giants aren't good. I – yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to pick the Giants. You brave soul. I think they can do it. I think they can do it. And that's more or less now. week nine of – yeah, it's more or less week nine. We don't really have time for it, but – God bless. Godspeed, no, Andy sorry. Dalton. Uh, the, yes, Godspeed, the, Andy the, Dalton. Uh, the Bengals totally fucked you over, and I'm sorry. Godspeed, Andy Dalton. Poor guy. <sighs> Poor Andy. Sam. Yes. Sam is a, is uh, a good can, tweeter. How can we follow his good tweets? I am a good tweeter. You, you can follow me, and I'm probably only going to be tweeting about Deadspin and, and Gizmodo Media Group for the next couple weeks. Did you know that I... It's, it's a weird weird week to anyway to, to be in media business um, uh, you can follow me on twitter at sam grezes s-a-m-g-r-e-s-z-e-s and on twitch and instagram at robots fighting dinosaurs you Dave? can find me on twitter at draw play dave you can find me on facebook at the draw play Fun. you can find me on instagram at draw play dave where i'm i'm finally done with all my inktober oregon pictures so it'll get back to dumb football players and dog pictures so if that annoys you we're back to normal standard Dave stuff. And uh, finally, you can find me on thejobplay.com. Thank you for listening. Deadspin forever. Hey, Jen. Hey, Micah. Remember watching the Friends premiere? No, I never saw that. Oh, but remember those first Wu-Tang solo albums that came out? No, I don't. Remember that terrible Frasier theme song? Oh my god. Remember I was sent away from home when I was 16, sent to like the middle of nowhere Montana, therapeutic boarding school, none of this rings a bell? Oh yeah. Join us for I Never Saw That, a podcast about mid-90s pop culture and Montana. What about ER? You saw that though, right? No! Do you like making fun of really, really bad ghost hunting shows? There's one in particular we enjoy making fun of. It's called Ghost Adventures, and it includes things such as... Bad fashion sense. Grown men yelling at nothing. Outrageously large belt buckles. Too much hair gel. And unfortunately, a lot of really cringy, painful, and socially unaware stuff, too. I'm Cassie. And I'm Max. We're the hosts of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. Find Insanely Haunted for free wherever you get your podcasts.